and welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. This episode is part of our Building an Inspired Business series. In this series, Sarah and Michelle, your business mentors, give practical business tips helping the faith-filled mompreneur create a business that succeeds and fulfills. Welcome back to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. This is Sarah, your host for today, and I am excited to talk to you a little bit more about how we can build an inspired business. Now, Michelle talked to you a little bit earlier in yesterday's podcast all about different ways in which we can nurture ourselves to feel more inspired in our businesses. And there's one area that we both agree has been a tremendous learning curve for us in order to become more inspired and to truly use any business model as an inspired business model and receive answers to prayers for our businesses. And that concept is the age old advice from the Doctrine and Covenants to stand ye in holy places. Now the actual scripture states in DNC 87.8, wherefore stand ye in holy places and be not moved until the day of the Lord come, for behold it cometh quickly, saith the Lord, amen. And I love that testament because not only does it remind me to stand in holy places, but it says, do not be moved, do not toe the line, do not experiment all those different things, but rather the safety of the Lord's blessings comes from standing in holy places and not moving from there. Now, I had an experience a few years ago in which I was feeling uninspired. I was feeling uninspired in my photography business. I was feeling uninspired as a mother. I was feeling uninspired as a Mormon woman. I couldn't seem to receive answers to prayers. I felt alone and it just felt like the heavens were closed to me. I couldn't seem to put my finger on why I wasn't receiving what I felt like was much needed help in all of these different facets of my life. And of course, it comes to a point in which I'm attending church and the answer comes full circle on what I needed to be changing in my life to receive that inspiration. And it goes right along with this concept of standing in holy places and not moving. So I was attending Relief Society and it was a really unique lesson. I remember this wonderful sister who was a dear friend of mine in the ward decided to take a different spin on her lesson and was relating the concept of the seven deadly sins to Mormon women. So here I was sitting in this Everyday Relief Society lesson about the unique concept of the seven deadly sins and how they related to Mormon women. This teacher jumped to the idea of the sin of lust as one of the seven deadly sins. Now, if you were to ask me in my everyday life, if lust was a problem in my life, I would probably chuckle and say, no, no, that's not a problem in my life, in my marriage, nothing like that. The way that this wonderful Relief Society teacher presented it really, really made me think. Oh my goodness. So she presented this idea of lust and was saying, how do you feel this applies to our day and age? What are things that Mormon women can do to avoid having lust in their lives? And another dear sister raised her hand and made a comment that just absolutely rang true to me. I couldn't believe the powerful impact. It was like the first time I felt like I had felt the spirit in months, months and months and months. So as she brought this up, this sister raised her hand and she said, you know, My mother taught me from a young age that lust was anything that I was watching, listening to, or reading that was causing me to feel unsatisfied with my life. 
That hit me like a ton of bricks. And in fact, not only was it a general, oh my goodness, I can't believe what she just said, but it led me to a specific thing that I was doing in my life that was blocking me from having the spirit in it. That was a time in which I was trying to connect with um, some family members and some friends that I just didn't feel like I had a lot of connections with. And as part of that, I was going over to this individual's house once a week to watch a show to kind of bond together. And within this show, I started to notice the more that I thought about it, that my personal views of my life, I was starting to feel unsatisfied with my life or I was starting to feel jealous. You know, I don't get to go on dates like that or I don't, you know, just very extravagant and truth be told, it's all fake. I know, I know, but some reason, for some reason I wasn't making that connection. But I felt very strongly in that Relief Society meeting that this was an example of me not taking control of appetites and me putting myself in a place that was not holy for me personally because of the feelings that it was bringing out in me. So I made a commitment to the Lord that day. I said, that is my answer. That is my answer. I promise to give up this TV show, which sounds so silly, right? We can all give up a TV show, right? It seems so simple. I promise to give up that TV show a little bit in exchange to feel the spirit stronger. And it wasn't this immediate, okay, I missed the show one day and the next day I felt like the spirit was flooding back in my life and I was feeling much more inspired. But what I was finding is that I was just much more aware of the things around me and how the Lord was present in my life from giving up that small TV show. It was the silliest little thing now that I think back on it, but it seemed like this massive sacrifice on my part back then. So as I think about that and we think about our lives and trying to be inspired in our business, if we are feeling distant and we feel like we're not receiving answers in ways and yet we feel like we're praying and reaching out to Heavenly Father, sometimes it takes that leap of faith to stand in holier places. And holier places, when we often when I used to hear that as a youth, I thought that that meant, okay, don't go clubbing, don't go to bars, don't go to raves, don't, you know, those kinds of things. I was thinking of very physical places, and I still think that that applies. You know, we want to be in places where the Spirit can reign and where we can feel really close to our Heavenly Father. But I think it has changed. The world has changed. And I think the way that it has changed is that the holy places are often are more private moments. Like what are we doing in our private moments that are allowing us to be closer with Heavenly Father? Are we involved in social media that's making us feel unsatisfied with our lives? Are we involved with work that is causing us to feel competitive and edgy and um, those kinds of things? Are we involved in play groups in which it's gossipy and those kinds of things. I mean, I'm, I'm just mentioning all kind of all facets of life in which we can have experiences in which we are not in the holiest places. Now, I do not believe that standing in holy places means that we are only at church and only at the temple. I do feel though that heavenly father has created a way for us to have the spirit with us always. And the beauty in that is by making those small tweaks, by standing in holier places, we are able to receive the inspiration of the Lord. He's promised us that, that the more we reach out to him, the more holy places that we stand in, the more he will speak to us. And I think that that is a profound promise.
A small little step that I made towards standing in a more holier place was just last week when lots of people on this thread I was following were sharing what their home screen looks like on their phone. Now, being a person that is involved in three different businesses right now, my phone runs my business around the clock, it feels like. Yes, I have business hours, but it's tough when that phone is with you all the time. And I haven't been really impressed with my ability to keep my phone totally away from me when I'm spending one-on-one time with my kids. So I found in this thread a dear friend of mine who had posted a quote about how time spent with children is never wasted time. And that's what she had on her home screen. And she mentioned, I put this on my home screen so that it reminds me that spending time with my children is never, ever wasted. I stole that from her and I put that on my phone. And that was one small tweak that I have made just in the past 48 hours to try and be a little bit holier, to try and be a little bit more connected with my heavenly father. Now, we often talk about sacrifices when us as Mormon mompreneurs and any entrepreneur that we all make sacrifices in order to be in business. Now we make sacrifices as far as, you know, how much free time we may have, or we may not be able to attend every girl night that pops up or anything like that. We all make sacrifices, um, whether it's our house being clean or putting makeup on every day or um, exercising for hours a day, who knows? We all are making sacrifices. Those sacrifices are valid for any entrepreneur. Every entrepreneur has to do that. But have we ever talked about what kind of sacrifices we need to make? as Mormon mompreneur, as Christian mompreneurs in order to have an inspired business. What are those sacrifices that we are willing to make to have an inspired business and truly touch people? Now, I am not saying that the only kind of inspired business is one that is directly related to Christianity. You don't need to be selling quotes um, that are painted beautifully. And we just interviewed Caitlin Connolly and she does these beautiful inspired paintings and will forever change homes because of her great talent. Um, That does not mean that that is the only way to have an inspired business. Can you be selling little girls dresses on Etsy and be inspired? Yes. Can you be a photographer and inspiring clients? Yes, you can. And the only person that can bring that inspiration is that relationship between you and Heavenly Father. And that's why those sacrifices are so crucial. If you don't feel like you can pinpoint one specific thing right this moment of a way to sacrifice, one great suggestion is to pull out that For Strength of Youth pamphlet. I know, just as much as anyone knows, that even the brethren carry those For Strength of Youth pamphlets. Because not only is it for the strength of youth, it is for the strength of members of the church everywhere. Those standards are standards that are inspired and brought about by our leaders in the church. I would advise us all not to look at those standards as out of touch or simply as suggestions, but these are tools to bring the spirit further in your home. If you think about it, I think that the brethren and the leaders of the church have been so wise to put together a booklet that is tangible and in the language of our youth to be able to communicate with them, here is the best way to experience happiness, joy, and closeness with your Savior during some of the most transformative years of your life. And I dare say that the same promise applies to us as women and as mothers and as sisters in the gospel, that if we will follow those standards, even though we may not be youth, if we will follow those standards, that we will also be able to progress with happiness and closeness with our heavenly father. 
There is no doubt that we are in a position in which good is being called evil and evil is being called good. Well, Sister Marriott, Sister Neil Marriott has a message for you. She says, the Lord's church needs spirit-directed women who use their unique gifts to nurture, to speak up, and to defend gospel truth. Our inspiration and intuition are necessary parts of building the kingdom of God, which really means doing our part to bring salvation to God's children. There is no doubt that we are in a wild time in the history of the world. There's no doubt. But in the wise words of my sister, why are we surprised? We have read these prophecies in the Book of Mormon. This time was talked about, was warned about, and yet we have inspired leaders like Sister Marriott and our dear prophet, President Monson, who are in touch with the things that we need to be doing in order to really call good, good, and to call out evil when it's evil. There is nothing more inspiring than being able to feel like you are part of a good cause. And Sister Marriott, by saying that the Lord needs spirit-directed women to use their unique gifts to nurture and speak up and to defend gospel truth, we can jump on board with that. The Lord needs you. The Lord needs us. And never doubt the Lord's ability to use you and your quote-unquote small business to bring about remarkable things. As we continue to stand in holy places, as we learn to get rid of things in our lives that may bring us unsatisfaction and make us feel like we aren't enough, and as we decide to make those sacrifices in order to become closer to the Spirit, we will be part of defending the gospel truth and in part bringing salvation to God's children all over the world. Now to wrap this all up, there is something beautiful about being inspired and then finding out your inspiration was wrong, but sort of right. And I know that sounds confusing, but there are times in which the Lord will guide us in a way that turns out to be a way that doesn't work out, but it was supposed to not work out. So to wrap this all up on how we can receive revelation and be put down the wrong path, and yet it's the right path, let me share, in conclusion, this story by Matthew Holland. Matthew Holland is Elder Holland's son, and this is called Wrong Roads and Revelation. If you have never read this, this is a game changer. So here is the story. Matt, let's go to the Colorado River, Dad suggested. I was seven years old, and my family was visiting both sets of grandparents in St. George, Utah. Eager to see the mighty Colorado, I yelled, Great! Let me get my skipping stones. Little did I know that he meant we were going to the Grand Canyon, traveling over cow trails. Yes, we would see the Colorado River, but we would be on a cliff about a mile above it. There would be no skipping of stones. Grandpa Holland loaned us his truck and gave us a homemade map and a set of directions to help us find our way on a little used dusty path along the back roads of the Utah-Arizona border. As we turned off the paved road, lumbered through the desert, climbed a set of hills, crossed another desert, went up another set of hills, I wondered how Grandpa or anyone else ever found this place. We reached the overlook of the Grand Canyon late in the afternoon. After looking at the spectacular view and launching a few stones as far as I could throw, we got back into Grandpa's old truck and started the trek home. It was dusk and we had only gone a bumpy mile or two when we came to a fork in the road. Okay, this is where we hear the symbolism. Are you ready? We stopped. 
Dad was not certain which trail we had come in on. He knew he had to make the right decision. There wasn't much light left, light he desperately needed to ensure he could make the correct turns the rest of the way home. Wasting time on a wrong road now meant we would face the difficult task of making our way home in the dark. As we did, whenever we had a family problem or concern, we prayed. After we both said amen, Dad turned and asked me what I thought we should do. I answered and said, all during the prayer, I just kept feeling, go to the left. Dad responded, I had the same impression. This was my first experience receiving and recognizing revelation. We started down the dirt road to the left. We had traveled only about 10 minutes when our road came to a sudden dead end. My father promptly whipped the truck around, reared back to the fork in the path, and started down the road to the right. Fortunately, there was still just enough light to help us navigate the web of dirt roads that would take us home. We were almost back to St. George, now on roads my father knew well, and the thick darkness of the night was lit by pinholes of thousands of stars. I was troubled. With my head resting on my dad's leg and my legs stretched across the seat, I asked, Dad, why did we both feel like Heavenly Father told us to go down the road to the left when it was the wrong road? My dad said, Maddie, I've been thinking and silently praying about that same thing all the way home because I really did feel a very distinct impression to take the road to the left. I was relieved that my first experience with Revelation had a second witness. He continued, the Lord has taught us an important lesson today. Because we were prompted to take the road to the left, we quickly discovered which one was the right one. When we turned around and got on the right road, I was able to travel along its many unfamiliar twists and turnoffs, perfectly confident I was headed in the right direction. If we had started on the right road, we might have driven for 30 minutes or so, become uneasy with the unfamiliar surroundings, and been tempted to turn back. If we had done that, we would have discovered the dead end so late that it would have been too dark to find our way back in totally unfamiliar territory. I understood and have never forgotten the lesson my heavenly father and earthly father taught me that afternoon. Sometimes in response to prayers, the Lord may guide us down what seems to be the wrong road, or at least a road we don't understand, so in due time, he can get us firmly and without question on the right road. Of course, he would never lead us down a path of sin, but he might lead us down a road of valuable experience. Sometimes in our journey through life, we can get from point A to point C only by taking a short side road to point B. We had prayed that we could make it safely home that day, and we did. All right, that is the end of the story by Matthew Holland. How impactful is that, and what perspective? The blessings of standing in holy places is that we are allowed to receive revelation for our businesses, for our families, for our marriages, and for ourselves. That revelation will always guide us safely home, but often it may lead through paths of valuable experience. And unless we have that spirit to guide and direct us, we may feel like the Lord deceived us. The Lord will never deceive us, but in fact will give us valuable experiences so we can move forward with more confidence. So if we are sitting here feeling uninspired in our businesses, I would encourage you to stand ye in holier places and do not be moved. 
I know that the Lord will progress our businesses, our lives, our children's lives in ways that are promising and close to the Spirit if we will only sacrifice those things that are keeping us uninspired. I know that the Lord loves us, that he knows we can do powerful things, and through the words of Sister Marriott, that we are doing our part in bringing salvation to God's children. Let's make all the efforts possible to stand in holy places. Hey, thanks for listening to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. For access to our free training, Five Days to a Guilt-Free Business, please visit guiltfree.mormonmompreneur.com.